Does someone that you love, or even you perhaps, suffer from significant pain issues, physical pain issues? I'm going to talk today about how you can arrange accommodations for pain issues because pain issues are very, very impactful. And when you're in a class or taking a test or trying to concentrate, pain issues get in the way. So today we're going to focus on pain issues and disabilities and how you can arrange accommodations for that situation. Towards the end of today's podcast, I'm also going to talk about how if you drop a class or withdraw a class at the wrong time because of these pain issues and disability issues, it could end up costing you several thousand dollars. So that's worth checking out as well at the end of the podcast. So welcome to episode 35 of College Disabilities and Success, Pain and Invisible Disabilities by Mickey Hayes. The opinions in this podcast are my own, but please reach out to your college, physicians, or legal services for additional information. So many people suffer from various pain issues. And I'm not talking about an occasional muscle ache or an occasional headache. We all have those. I'm talking about significant pain issues that come along with things like migraines or fibromyalgia or arthritis, neuropathy. When you're looking at accommodations, you're looking at what is actually impacting your ability to show what you need to know. And so that's what we're going to focus on today. Now, there's several accommodations that I want to talk about, and I'm going to start with extended absences. And the reason that I'm starting with that is because extended absences can be a very complicated accommodation to arrange. In college, in order for you to pass and in order for you to have the amount of time in a class that shows that you've actually completed that course and met the course requirements can become problematic with extended absences. Extended absence complications can sometimes be mitigated by how you set up your schedule. When you set up your schedule that's dealing with extended absences, think about things like, are you better in the morning or are you better in the afternoon? Does your problem become more serious in the evening? Are you usually good when you first wake up and it develops more as the day progresses? Does your problem get better if you just take a little break and sit and relax a while? All of these issues can impact your scheduling because when you are dealing with extended absences, you're looking at doctor's appointments and flare-ups and things like this that could impact your ability to go to class. Now, one of the things that you can ask for is early registration so that you can get an ideal schedule. Now, not all colleges require early registration or offer early registration. Some colleges offer it as a bonus for certain students. You need to find out if early registration is something that your college offers and how important is it in the whole scheme of things. When you're doing early registration, that means you're going before the crowds. And it might be a day or two ahead of time or a week ahead of time, something like this. But you get the pick of the schedule. 
So it helps you to schedule around your needs. In particular, doctor's appointments, flare-ups, times of the day, breaks in between classes. This becomes a critical matter and it becomes more significant when you're struggling to get a class because sometimes you have to just take what you can get. But if there's a selection of classes that you can look to, then that early registration would help. So talk to disability services and find out if you can arrange early registration and what you need to do in order to arrange that. And then talk to disability services about the accommodation of extended absences, because that's something they may have to look into. How many absences will work if you leave a class, and when does that become problematic? And then you and professor and disability services may actually have to have a conversation about that ahead of time. And If you think about this from the faculty's point of view, what you're doing is you're showing the faculty that you're not trying to just get out of their class, that your reasons are legitimate. All students have issues where they have to suddenly up and leave, personal things that happen. But you don't want to give the impression that you're just trying to skip class when it's inconvenient. So extended absences can be a little bit more tricky to arrange and a little bit more challenging to set up. So be aware of that. But really, if you can get early registration, if that's possible, do see about arranging for that. Because at that point, you can really build a schedule that makes sense to your physical needs. Now, extended time for tests is another common accommodation That's usually not a big issue, but extended time will help you also if you're dealing with pain because you may have to just step back, sit back, give your pain a chance to subside before you can continue on with the test. So if you need extended time for a test or possibly even frequent breaks during your test because of pain, you want to have that conversation with disability services. Now, if you're dealing with disabilities like arthritis or carpal tunnel or things like this, you may have to have a scribe or a note taker take your notes for you. So that may become an accommodation that you want to have conversation about. Sometimes special seating is an accommodation that makes sense. If the classroom desks, which are notoriously uncomfortable in many cases, are causing you too much pain, you may need to have some sort of arrangements for a special seat or a special desk. You may need to just get up and stand. If sitting too long is a problem, then you want to choose where you sit and be able to choose where you sit. So you may want to be able to sit to the side or sit to the back so that when you do have to stand up, you're not the focus of everybody's attention. There is also the accommodation of a temporary accommodation. All colleges make temporary accommodations available to you as well. If you find yourself incapacitated from a surgery or a broken bone or something like this, you may be able to get a temporary accommodation. That requires another conversation with Disability Services to find out what their parameters are. Remember how I told you in the past that every college can kind of set their own standards and guidelines as long as they're within the ADA framework? Well, every college is going to have a different set of rules that they require for temporary accommodations, the type of documentation you need, that sort of thing. 
So have that conversation with disability services. If it's something that you can plan for, that's even better. If it's something that just happens, an automobile accident or a sudden broken arm, then go see them as soon as you're able to and have that conversation so you're not penalized academically for a situation that was beyond your control. Now let's talk about documentation for a minute because all of these pain issues are going to require documentation of some sort. Colleges set up their own documentation guidelines, so you need to find out what kind of documentation you need for your pain issues. You're going to have to have a diagnosis. You can't just say, I have pain. You have to have it coming from somewhere. You need some sort of a diagnosis. So talk to the doctor and find out all you can about the source of that pain, obviously, but then talk to disability services and find out what they need. You may be able to just provide a letter. If you just need a letter, it usually requires something on their letterhead, something with an official signature, an official diagnosis, but do ask the disability services to tell you exactly what they want in the letter. Where I worked, we would not take notes on prescription pads. That was against our policies. Doctors like to write a note on a prescription pad. I'll grab it and I'll write this down real quick and hand it to you. And that may not be sufficient. So if that's the route you're taking, be sure to talk to disability services to find out if that's something they will accept. Some may need more significant documentation depending on the issue. They might need to see some sort of a report or some sort of evaluation or case notes might help for those visits to the doctor. You just don't know because documentation is one of those things that can be complicated. Now, the one circumstance where you may run into problems with documentation in a diagnosis could possibly be through your military-related issues. So if that is the case, again, have that conversation with disability services and find out what documentation they would need in order to provide you accommodations. Because sometimes the military documentation can get very complicated in terms of a diagnosis. And only disability services at your college can actually answer that question for you with regards to exactly what they will accept. And it also can be expensive. A lot of doctor's offices will charge you a letter on your behalf And so if that is the case, before you go and do that, especially then, talk to disability services. Find out if you do need whatever official letter the office is going to charge for. And then also, it doesn't hurt to ask if they can contact the doctor on your behalf. Some colleges will do this to avoid that fee for you. But that may not be the case. But it doesn't hurt to ask. And the worst they can tell you is, no, you have to provide that yourself. You have to reach out to the doctor. So when you're dealing with pain and accommodations, you're looking at several things. You're looking at exactly what your diagnosis is, exactly how the disability services needs your accommodations documented, the documentation that you need, 
You're looking at possible early registration so that you can avoid potential absences. And you're looking at maintaining contact with the faculty and disability services, especially when absences could become an issue. Now, there's a second point that I want to take a few minutes to talk about, and that is withdrawing from classes outside of the deadline dates that are given to you in the calendar. My advice to you is don't, and that's pretty much it. When you are withdrawing from classes outside of those calendar deadlines, you're going to end up owing a lot of money back through financial aid. Because when financial aid gives you money, they're giving you money to attend these classes. And just dropping a class doesn't mean, okay, I'm done. It means financial aid gave you money, so you now may have to give that money back. And that's where it can become a problem. Disability-related issues don't carry any weight here, as I understand it. So number one, always, 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 before you drop or withdraw a class, outside of those deadlines that they give you in the calendar, talk to financial aid in person. Find out from financial aid advisor exactly what the repercussions are for dropping or withdrawing from that class. You may not be able to without having to pay that tuition back. I saw this reality one year when I had a student who ended up owing three or $4,000 before she could even take another class again. So don't find yourself in that situation. And she couldn't go back to school until that bill was paid. So at that point, you also might want to consider a conversation with the disability services again to find out if there is a way that any additional accommodations can be arranged. You may want to talk to the faculty member to find out if there's a way that you can meet the faculty's requirement without being in that class at that time, at those times that are impacted. But sometimes people advise you, well, just drop the class and then you can take it again. And their intentions are good. But if you do that outside of those calendar deadline dates, it is going to be a financial aid problem. And so it's sort of a fair warning to you that your particular personal needs at this point could also end up including paying the money back that you were given from financial aid. So please, please, please talk to financial aid before you make those withdraw or drop decisions. In the age of computerized scheduling, you can pretty much do that without anybody's permission, but it is going to come back to haunt you if you don't talk to the people who need that information first. So just always, 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 whenever you're doing any kind of a decision like that, be sure that you actually physically talk yourself to a financial aid advisor. Don't just take hearsay from one of your friends because you just don't know how the circumstances may be different. So thank you today for your attention. I know this was a little bit different than what we do regularly, but part of my job as a disability services coordinator was to arrange accommodations for people with physical disabilities. That was a big part of it. And so even though I am by trade a learning disability specialist, 
and usually deal with the academic disabilities that impact college. I was also a disabilities coordinator, and in that case, any disability that crossed my desk had to be addressed and mitigated through the accommodations. So please, please, please stay in touch with your disability services for any issues that may come up. If you get a chance, stop by my website, mickeyteaches.com, and take a look at the other materials that I have on my website, because there are other materials there that may also help you through your struggles at college. In the meantime, have a great rest of the day, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Information contained throughout this podcast has been gleaned from my own personal experiences. But to ensure accuracy, please contact the Disability Services at the college of your choice to have first-hand information and the most up-to-date policies and procedures followed by your particular institution of higher education. The content in any of these podcasts is not intended as a substitute for information from legal, educational, or medical professionals. Always seek the advice of your attorney or qualified health care provider with any questions you may have with regards to legal, educational, or medical concerns.